Now the question is, what will we do with what we've heard, right? And we hear things like this in church, right? We've got to get to the point where we continue taking what we hear and then being doers of it. Um, If you could, just take that figurative camera out and take a snapshot so that you'll remember it. Was there a certain phrase that caught you? A certain verse that caught you? A certain name that you heard here? Thank you uh, for the participation there from you folks in the audience. Thanks. So that we might forever and ever know that this is the one true God and He's sovereign. I don't get it. I know you don't get it, but he's the one true God and he's sovereign. And that means he reigns. He's in control. And we have to what? We have to trust him. Okay. I think it's important that we we understand some things, you know, as a result of this, that we know that God has revealed Himself. We know that. And Christian, it's imperative that you and I remember the warning. Let us not make God in our own image. And what I mean by that is that we don't uh, shape and form and mold God into what we want God to be. We can't do that. God created you and me in His own image, that we might come to know Him through faith in Christ because you can't get to know Him any other way. You can't get to know Him by being a good person. So just deal with that. You're not going to get to know God by being a good person. You must come to know God through your repentance and faith in Christ. And no, that is not a good work in and of itself. Those are gifts from God. Do you understand that? Repentance and faith are really gifts from Almighty God so that you would respond and trust in what God provided, His very own Son. God revealed Himself in creation. Psalm chapter 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. His, we said this before, his, God's fingerprints are everywhere if you'll just but give Him the credit for that. Okay? He's identified as our Creator in Genesis and throughout the Bible. Um, he revealed Himself to Noah. Interesting that it was a dual kind of a thing through God's favor, remember? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But then what, what did God do through that in revealing Himself? He was judge of man's, what? Of man's sin. And thus came the flood. Okay? Um, God demonstrating that He's going to punish evil. He's going to punish sin. Similarly, He revealed Himself in Egypt to His own people. Through Moses. And then or to Moses, I'm sorry, to Moses, and then to his own people. And he told them, look, you put, uh, you, you sacrifice this lamb, and you take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorposts of your place, there in Egypt. 
and you will be delivered. How are they delivered? From God himself punishing sin. We have to remember that. That's a critical point as we understand the build-up to Jesus Christ, who is God. So the people of Israel had God revealed to them. through. Here's this picture of the sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And they were shown favor then in doing that and putting the blood on the doorpost. They were shown favor by being kept alive and by being delivered from from Egypt, from Pharaoh, from, from that slavery. Okay? God revealed Himself then through the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. He showed favor to Moses in protecting him and to the people by giving them the law to show what? God's nature, God's character. The law is important. And Christian, we cannot just say, well, we, we, we don't have to worry about the law. Because, you know, we get to live however we want. No. We need to remember the law was given and the law is perfect. And the law is what Psalm 19 says, does what? Converts the soul. Alright? And so, what is that getting at? Is that we would understand, here's, here's God's heart, here's God's nature, here's God's character given through the Ten Commandments. When we look at the Ten Commandments, we see what? The one true God that we've heard about here. We hear about the one true God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and you shall not worship any other god. And he constantly reminds his people, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, get rid of these other foreign gods. Get rid of them. And worship the one true God. Well, the law was given to be God's standard of judgment. God's standard of holiness. God's standard of perfection. There it is. In the Ten Commandments. Demonstrating His very own nature. That He's holy. That He's true. He's personal. And He's righteous. So God's going to use the Ten Commandments to do His judgment. And He uses the Ten Commandments, the law, to stop the mouths of people in Romans uh, chapter 3. With what? Stop their mouths with what? All the excuses that we make. Okay? God reveals Himself in these ways. Remember that Jesus Himself used the law of God in talking to the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. And why did He do that? Why did He do that? To reveal man's real problem. See, here's where love comes in. Jesus pointed out the guy's real problem and and we kind of we we kind of wonder why why did he why did he do that business with showing the rich young ruler the the law and pointing him to back to the law and what did the rich young ruler say i've kept that since my youth right was he really right in that he had kept it no because now we know no one can keep the law and please God. No one. But Jesus did. And so we understand that God then has been revealed 
in creation, in judgment, in giving the law, in delivering his people, and it culminates in the person of Jesus, the one true God. Okay? God in the flesh, the one true God. Um, I want you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 5. We're not going to do a a deep, long study here, but I do want you to see this. John chapter 5. The other one you can mark down if if you want is is that Luke chapter 18 reference regarding the rich young ruler. Luke chapter 18. But this one is different. This is John chapter 5. And in it, we see Jesus talking. He says this, starting at verse 17. He had just healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. And everyone's kind of up in a stir because he did this when? He did this on the Sabbath. And he told the guy, pick up your, your, your pallet and go home. Pick up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And so now the guy that's healed is being accused of, you know, breaking the Sabbath. And he just says, well, the guy that healed me, he told me to do it. Who's that? Well, I didn't get his name. So he comes back and he says, and Jesus said in verse 17, my father is working until now and I myself am working. There's a profound statement that we might not necessarily understand right away. But I, he says, my father is working until now and I myself am working kind of like, as you know, right in step with what the Father has done and what the Father is doing. Verse 18, look at it. For this cause. For what? For this cause. Therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, he healed the guy. In their minds, that was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own Father. What? Making himself equal with God. There's the deity of Christ right there in front of us in John chapter 5. That he's not just a good man. He's not just a good teacher. He's God. And the people there knew it. And they were going to stone him because they didn't quite comprehend it all. They're going to pick up stones and stone him for blasphemy. He's claiming to be God and they knew it. Okay. Jesus welcomed worship, didn't he? Isn't that beautiful? He welcomed worship. He didn't reject it because he's God. He's God. He described himself with the I am's. We saw that here in the program. All the names. And then some of the names that we see, I am the way, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the light. All of those are referring to, here's here's. God. This is God. Okay? And then the the highlight of those string of names in John chapter 8, verse 58, where he says, Before Abraham was, what? I am. He did. It's like, hey, wait a minute. He's supposed to finish the statement. No. He did finish the statement with, Before Abraham was, I am. And that was the uh, unspeakable word for the Jews. They wouldn't even pronounce the name, right? I am. 
I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. All those names. I'm the, I'm the good shepherd. So God's revealed in these ways. And here's God in the flesh. God in a body. It's Jesus Christ. But beyond that, God also revealed himself. Listen, he revealed himself at Calvary. God showed himself at Calvary. Dealing with the punishment of sin. So that you might have everlasting life. And the, the profound thing about it was that in punishing sin, he had his own son slain there, beaten, just all the stripes that he received on his back with the cat of nine tails. His, his flesh was ripped open from the beating that he took. And then they, they, they plunked down that, that cross on him. And he had to walk through the crowds, the Via Dolorosa. And he took your punishment, not even there, but there at the cross. Because there at the cross, God punished sin. God punished Jesus. Now, if you do not believe in Jesus Christ, that's your choice, you know. But we, we plead with you. We call out to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So many people will think, when I'm really pinned down about it, well, really, I think um, it, it'll be uh, something that God will outweigh the good works from the bad. That sounds good to you and me. Sounds great. It's a great deal. If, because we're all good people in our own minds... But God will not weigh out the good from the bad. All he has to do is say, is that person justified through Christ? Is he justified? Is he declared righteous by faith in Christ? So if you will take time and kind of string these together and realize God has revealed himself and because he's God, he is sovereign. And you can trust him. All the difficulties that you face, all the challenges that you face, you need to turn and trust God with your very problem and your lives. Trust God to do his work, and he will carry you. Okay? You say, why did. Why did God punish Jesus? Well, here it is. So that you might be forgiven. He had to be in a real body. Listen, Christ, it, it wasn't something mystical or whatever. He had to be in a real physical body so that you and I would see, here's the suffering that Jesus went through. Here's, here's all that he went through. And he really did die. We understand that, right? He really did die. So that the resurrection is even more amazing. I mean, it, it's a resurrection from the dead. <laughs> and he lives forevermore. So, and now, there's one more verse I want to point you to. Let's turn to Second Peter 
Second <clears throat> Peter. <clears throat> Go to the book of Hebrews, James, then first Peter, second Peter. In second Peter chapter one. Here's another place where we read of how God was revealed. In verse 17. I'm sorry, let's back up to 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we, that's Peter, James, and John, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we, for when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Okay. And then Peter says, and we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. How many would like to be there? If you could have been there, would you like to be there with them? Amazing. Moses and Elijah were there. Pretty cool. And Peter thought it was so cool that he said, hey, I'll build these three tabernacles and let's stick around because this is, you know, camping tonight. Here we go. Let's stick around. This is wonderful fellowship. All of a sudden, Moses and Elijah were, they're not there anymore. And the voice of God said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. Okay. Well, we say, well, yeah, we weren't there. So we're, what are we running on? What are we is in the church nowadays? What are we running on? <laughs> hey, let's read the next verse. How about that? Look at verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure. To which you do well to pay attention to as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. But know this, first of all, the light that he's talking about, the lamp that's shining is regarding its scripture. It's the Bible. And he's then saying no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. There's the inspiration of scripture right there, my friend. So when you open up your Bible, you need to remember what you're opening up. It's the word of God to shine the light so that you might walk in His way and glorify God. The one true God, the sovereign God. If you do not know Him, if you are believing that there are, as was said earlier in the, in the program with the children, that there's plenty of ways. There's plenty of ways to get to God. That's the American way after all, right? Way to go, America. Plenty of ways to God. No, Jesus made it clear one way. Now, where's the hope in that for your day, for your week? He's, he's alive forevermore and he comes to intercede for you and you are called to draw near to him. And if you are one of those that says, oh, there's many ways to God, be challenged with the truths that you heard here from the children. The truths from, here's the Bible, God's Word, 
And here's all the times that Jesus said, I am. And then fill in the blank. I am. I am. I am. He was saying, I am God in the flesh. What are you going to do about it? What will you do about it? Will you put your faith in what God provided? Will you trust Him? Will you then live for Him? Okay? And Christian, if you say that you're a believer, we need to be, we must be, the light of the world here on this time because we're saying we're following Him. So let's be encouraged to say, yeah, keep going, keep trusting Him, keep honoring Him in your life. Okay? Sovereign One. He's watching over you. Okay? I'd like to get the, the screen, the PowerPoint back on and this final song. This, this, this is one of the songs that the children ended up singing. Their last song, Sovereign One. And uh, we'd like to sing it again so that we'll know it and it can be going on in our minds through this day, hopefully. Take that mental uh, photograph and let the truth of this song uh, sink in as we join together. Okay? Okay.